Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Well, hello everyone and welcome to Spin the Rally Pod. It's a post-rally Mexico, this one, and we're actually recording this together for once. My name's Colin Clark, joining us for this one is ex-team boss and Mexican, I was going to call you Mexican magician, <laughs> be fair, George Donaldson <laughs> is Indeed. with us, and our award-winning journalist at Dirtfish, Luke Barry, who's been in Mexico for the first time. Boys, um, I have to say, George, first things first, what a magnificent room you have. I have, it's in the Plague Hotel here, Colin. <laughs> Apparently 80% of the people living in this hotel got very ill for a limited period of time. And I happen to number amongst one of them. Yes. Not a very comfortable uh, eight hours. You do feel why, like death Why, why didn't we do this in our hotel room, Luke? Why have we come to George's plagued <laughs> well, room? Don't we made eat, a mistake. Don't eat we? and drink here. That's all. We have made a mistake. I have to say, though, George, what a view. We've Stunning got a view, view of the sunset, a yeah. view more or less over the service park here in Leon. Sun setting. It's being packed away, boys. Uh, a return to Mexico. Mexico is where we all abandoned the place in, in the face of... COVID three years ago, we've come back. It's been a real celebration, hasn't it, Luke? Yeah, well, <laughs> George is drawing breath. <laughs> yeah, it has. Sorry, Georgie, coming uh, to you in a sec. I've said it a lot in the video covers we've done, Colin T, that it's the colour of this place that I've always watched this rally from home, from a TV on a very different time zone, and it's in the middle of the night, you're following it, and you don't have the same energy, but being around all this in the car, it's I keep saying the word colour. I'm trying to think of a better word to use, but yeah, it's, it's incredibly special, George, as you know. You've been here before. You've come here back for well, the first time in quite a long time you've been back, hasn't it? But yeah, it's, just, it's a vibe about this place. Yeah, you don't get anywhere else. Seven years since I was here. I don't believe it's seven years. I think I'm trying it's to work 20, that out. 2016, I reckon it was, Colin. The energy of this event uh, is just, just not matched anywhere else in the world. The attention to detail of this event stunning the people that we meet whether they're rally fans normal mexicans in petrol stations fixing our punctures filling our cars up with fuel everybody is friendly and happy the event itself runs like clockwork the the emergency services were tested here that's the first time they've seen the hybrids yep. you know they were faultless in their response to lappy's mm. accident mm. Uh, we saw at the start the, the, the manager of the event, Gilles Spitali, running around making everything happen. Colin, you mentioned Patrick Superville, you know, the, the, the architect of this event in the past, his family. Mm. Uh, you know, just this rally is so worthy of the championship. And yes, Luke, the colour. I think colourful is the word you're looking for. Colours, and you're colours right. are right. great. Colours, it atmosphere. It gives us something very different in the championship. And I've always said this about rallying. What, what is special about rallying? Many, many things. But what makes it appealing, I think, George, to a, and, and Luke, to a broader audience, is the variety that it offers. Yeah. You know, it offers a, a variety. It offers, you know, um, as, as we know, we go all around the world, but we're not, we're not on circuits. We're not in, on street circuits or wherever. You know, we're in these different environments. We're in different environments with different challenges. And Mexico yeah. offers a very particular challenge and is therefore mm. a very, very exciting proposition yeah. each year. 
high altitude roads that are very, um, and it's a stupid thing to say, I know, very man-made roads. They're, they are relatively new roads. And well-engineered, uh, George. We've had this discussion before. Well-engineered Beautifully engineered roads getting established. So it's getting a little bit smoother than it was mm. 10 years ago, but it's still a rough, tough event, an event that normally commands some respect. Yeah. Normally the fastest man will not win here. He'll end up on the side of the road. And maybe that happened. You know, Maybe that happened with Esapeka Lappi. But ultimately, I think it's uh, it's a little bit easier to manage it. But by Jove, this rally punishes the slightest mistake. The edges of the road are just stone. We saw it. We saw it with Lappi, and we saw it also with Katsuta. Just tiny, tiny little mistakes. Tiny and, mistakes. Uh, and paid so heavily that price. They did. They did. Let's talk then uh, about our winner first, shall we, boys? Sebastian Ogier. Uh, my my mm. admiration for Ogier. It's almost a man crush. It's really almost <laughs> a man crush. I'm really sorry. That's embarrassing, um, Colin. I know. I know. I, I you know it, it must be, and I need to kind of rein it in a little bit. You know, to me, it appears that that man just gets better and better and better. He is the most intelligent driver we have, the most experienced driver. And in some ways, you'd find it hard, hard to argue against, you know, saying that he's the fastest driver we have now. I it's don't know. Yeah, it's, it's quite incredible how so many years, I say so many, it feels like so many years. It's only a couple of years, but since he stopped driving full time that, we're having this conversation that we could be contemplating that he actually could possibly have somehow found another level mm. in his driving. Everything, we've spoken about it throughout the weekend, Colin, everything just seems like every he's got every factor in place. Everything in his life is well balanced. He is happy driving. He's not mm. having to stress about championship points when he's driving. He's just having to do what he wants to do. He's driving events he really wants to drive. For example, he didn't go to Sweden. Never been the biggest fan of snow rallies. He's done, he loves this rally. He's come back to Mexico. It's just incredible that he, he's this good and it shouldn't surprise us because Sebastian Ogier, he's an eight-time world rally champion and it's Mexico where he's won six times previously yeah. Yeah. but but it, but it does surprise us because you there's always a generational change isn't there George you, you've been there when generational changes I, have I've come seen, on two I've or three seen, occasions I've seen at least at least four I think yeah Colin, absolutely and, and you know they move on and yeah they come <coughs> back occasionally well, but did Sebastian Ogier ever go away that that's the question I suppose no, that, that no, the cynics didn't. will ask the no, cynics will ask but, but look the point you make for me is the interesting one he's happy mm. he's really happy he's not fighting anyone yeah. anymore he spent an awful lot of his career fighting various factions whether it was the team when he was in his first um, spell with Citroen mm -hmm. you know, at Volkswagen he was fighting the FIA uh, you know he was he spent a lot of time fighting he isn't fighting anyone now and, and he's loving it George but but you know that generational change that we thought when mm -hmm. when Ogier went was perhaps upon us and clearly last year when we had Cali Robin Perra winning the title, we thought yeah, there's a generational change here for sure. Um, oh. For sure, for, I mean, without a doubt. I mean, we, we have to talk about Cali Robin Perra separately because he had, he has that unique uh, growth up through the sport, yeah. and he does have the uh, experience which belies his age, I mean, yeah. massively so. But I mean, that's, and I'm not taking away that anything. His age? Sorry, and ability that belies his age. I think it belies his age, or yeah, belittles his age. Sorry, belies. You know, belies. 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 Because you know, he started driving when he was four or yeah. three. Yeah. Uh, most other people didn't start driving until they were sixteen or seventeen. Yeah. And, yeah. and the sort of driving he did was all competition based. It was all about that. Mm. So he gained a lot of that mm. innate experience that that you know everyone else just learns when they first get into a car mm. or even first into a rally car, which might be not until they're nineteen or twenty. Now Sebastian Loeb, Sebastian Ogier, sorry, is is a remarkable in that he got up to that level and then he plateaued and maintained it, and never dipped down. You can look at other drivers. You can look at 
maybe maybe the only other driver I could begin to compare with that, but not in terms of championship was was Marcus Gronholm in more recent times. Obviously, Sebastian Loeb is exactly the same, and, and the, the two are so parallel, it's untrue. But then you've got the likes of Colin McRae, who came up in a rush and then, you know, fell away again, never, ever achieved that type of plateau. Richard Burns, well, his, his opportunity was cut short, obviously, with, with, uh, with a life-ending disease. Uh, and there's a number of other drivers that have come through, reached that top level and faded away. But Sebastian Ogier, his work ethic, mm. his focus... I mean, he is steely determined. I mean, he, 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 his whole approach is so good. I had a quick chat there with Tom, uh, Tom Fowler down in Toyota, and I said, Tom, does it almost make you disappointed that, that you know, Seb's coming along and winning? And he looked at me surprised, saying, of course not. This is fantastic. I said, well, sorry, I didn't really mean it like that. I mean, you do all this work developing the car and the drivers, and this interloper comes in and just jumps into the car yeah. and wins it. And he said, George, not at all. This is a dream. This means my car is fabulous. Yeah, yeah. Actually, he didn't use those words. I used those words for him because yeah. he wouldn't be that. He wouldn't be that boastful about it. But basically, you know, it's a testament to his car. So he's happy. But Seb is just that exceptional, mature thing. Mm. And you have got to remember that if you go back over the last 35, 40 years, drivers always in their thirties, you know, early to mid thirties, are the fastest guys. Yeah, the, the guys best. that manage yeah. to do this. Seb Ogier, they, they, Seb didn't win his first rally. Seb, Seb Loeb didn't win his first rally until I think he was 28 or 29. Is that right? I can't yeah, remember. And I'm, not sure when, when, I'm not sure when Seb Ogier won Ooh, his, was... but I'll bet it's about the same. Uh, I, 27? I think, maybe 27? 27. I think... Uh, I'd be guessing if I, I think Marcus, to yeah. Marcus yeah. Gronholm was something like 31 yeah. or 32. Look, you know, you're, 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 we can Sorry, wax lyrically. I digressed away from No, 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 we can wax lyrically about... You know, Let's talk Ogier's about this fabulous ability. event. No, no, I, we're still talking about the event, you know, and, and Ogier's win here. It sparked a lot of debate, hasn't it, in the in the media <laughs> centre and uh, and I'm sure in the in the broader rallying community about whether or not Sebastian Ogier might decide to have another tilt at that ninth World Championship this year. We talked to him, didn't we? And he and he seemed pretty adamant that no, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. What do you think? <laughs> it's an interesting one because you're right, he has always insisted that since he's made that decision to, to sort of scale back his commitments and focus more on family life that he won't come back for a full season. And in many ways, why should he? Because he's still able to lead a championship by missing a rally. So it's that for him himself must be incredible because he's not a, a record-driven driver. I don't think there's anything in him that is desperate to somehow match and, and beat Loeb's record of nine titles. He's, he's happy with his eight. But I don't know, like... Obviously, he's out for Croatia the next round as well. <laughs> Another win there, extend the lead. If it gets to a point mid-season where he's still sitting pretty, I, I think it will be very, very hard for him to look at that. And I think he think won't do Finland. He definitely won't do Finland. That's okay. He can, he can probably he? drop a couple of heads and <laughs> still <laughs> win. You know, My yeah, absolutely. He could, he could have yeah. a look at the calendar and say, well, I don't like Finland. There's another one there that I really don't want to do. I'm told he's doing Kenya. So Definitely yeah, in Kenya. Yeah. I think yeah. he's more or less That's confirmed that. Yeah. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Uh, wonderful stuff. I have to say, you know, okay, yeah. you know, the sensible money was on Ogier at the start of the event, but yeah. he was just supreme. Well, my, supreme out there. This my week. top three, I did a spot top three with our intrepid cameraman, Elliot. The first time we met, he immediately bounced on me. No hesitation, George, top three. So within a second, I said uh, Elfin, Ogier, and then I think I said Lappy. I think you did. I think you had Lappi. Do you remember what you uh, had? Lappi? I had Ogier, Lappi, and Lube. At a point, Ogier, Lappi looked all right. Ogier, um, Lappi looked good. I had Ogier, 
Lavelle Tanak. So, so you got the top two. You got the top two. So I was, I was reasonably pleased yeah. with that. Uh, well, let's talk about that then, boys. You know, uh, from really early Saturday morning, we kind of knew that Ogier was going to win it. But from early Saturday morning, we had that great battle, didn't we? Well, just, it just immediately switched to that pair. Absolutely. I mean, that was incredible. That was great, just as great good battle. as a Great, as great as battle winning. between Neville and Elvin Evans. For me, it was really, really important that Evans held on to that lead of his. You know, he had a 10-second lead, didn't he, going into Saturday. Uh, and it just, it just toed and froed. And he lost a few seconds on Saturday, but he still had a lead to defend today. Really important for him personally that he held on to it. Now, he didn't hold on to it, but I still think in some ways he won't be too deflated by that because it was, a, it was an issue with the car. The car you know, he responded to Neville's push this morning through the long stage, took more time back, looked really good, 20Ks to go, four seconds in front. He should have won it. Then he breaks, right? He bends the arm, George. You want to make yeah, the point? Yeah, he, he bent the arm, so he bent it. When he, he, well, he took that extra speed and he, he, the car got damaged. I'm so you've just, had a look at this? Sorry? Have you had a look at the no, incident? No, I've not had a chance yet because I, I need my laptop to, to look at it properly to go back over everything. But, but you'd have to say that, obviously, he pushed very, very hard in Otatis in the 35-kilometre stage, and that's where he bent the arm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know... He then lost three seconds in the next stage, which wasn't much, but just that little bit where he knew he had to take it a little bit easy. Yeah. I mean, his comments that I heard was that the car was damaged. He beefed it up a little bit, but he knew he couldn't take the yeah. big hits with the but, car. But do, so. do you think he'll still take positives from oh, this? Oh, he has to. You, Colin, it's immensely positive. Immensely positive. Immensely and and positive. this is the thing. When we talked to Latvala, Latvala said that you know, there has been progression over the last four or five rides. They can see the progression, and it's continued here. Yeah, he's not no. far off. He's really not far off. No, he's not. He's not. And I feel—I must be honest—I feel a little bit guilty because I think I've been part of that brigade that's almost been too harsh on his performances. And I think it is purely because for a couple of years he was going into the last round a world championship contender. Mm. But in some ways, the problem when you get to that situation is everybody expects brilliance all the time. And in a way, why shouldn't we? But I think Evans obviously had a bad start to the year. He said something very interesting to us on in the media zone where he sort of admitted that last year he sort of lost his way a bit because his strong suit has always been building up points, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what he's doing this year. But last year, without that sort of comfort zone, he had to push harder. He was all a bit at Mm -hmm. sea, but at the minute, as I say, I I do feel sorry for him that he's he's missed out on second. But as you say, I think he can be very, very happy with third because it's his first podium in quite a long time. It's And as you say, he looked relatively comfortable and he happy did. the entire weekend, which we he haven't did. been able to say all the time this year. Absolutely. <clears throat> Not only was he comfortable and happy, uh, there hasn't been a lot of retirements in the championship this year. No. Nope. Not a lot. Obviously, we saw we saw Ott losing a fair bit of a chunk of time here, yeah. and he's dropped, dropped points. But uh, that's yet to come. So uh, there's only a few points in it. But across the, the, If we extract Seb Ogier out of the championship points, which is extremely foolish to do that, I think there's only about eight or nine points. Nine points. Nine points. Yeah. Nine yeah. points. Yeah. Nine points. Interesting thing. The point you make there, Luke, about <laughs> you know, in 2020, wasn't it? And 21. Uh, he was right there, Alvin Evans. You talk, George, about drivers that reach a level at the top and plateau. Yeah. And very few have reached that plateau at the top and yeah. managed to maintain it. Yeah. You're drivers who have tried to get to the top, you know, Lots and then, them, and then drop back them, down yeah, again. Lots and lots How of many them. of them have then been able to pick it back up again? You know, when, when they've yeah. lost it. And is that also an issue well, or you not? Do, you do, do you get, see that up and down, you, up and you, down? You know, you do, you do, and you don't, because the results don't necessarily belie the performance. You know, yeah. portray the performance. Sorry, 
Um, so it's, it's difficult to, uh, to to really measure that. But yes, yes, we have. Right. We have seen drivers fall right down. And then bounce back up. Yari Matti had a fa- had factory drives driving World Rally cars, and he, he just kept crashing. In two thousand and six, his management, which is the the Yoki Empire in, in Finland, put him into a Group N car to do the PWRC for he the championship. He was here in Mexico. So I first he was met here him. in Mexico, where yeah. he, he wouldn't listen to Big Dog. That was me. I know. I remember. <laughs> he had had the, Mr. The little test Mr. Yoki the charged Monday. me with sorting him out, yeah. which was great fun, or, or not sorting him out, but helping them to understand the Group N cars. And I, I told them, you need to drive like your granny here because it was still very rough at that time. This rally was really rough. So- Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's a group end car drive like your granny. Does she drive fast? Well, she's quite quick. Drive slower than her. I said, if you come back here to first service, leading by, you know, 30 or 40 seconds, you've probably done enough damage that you will not finish the rally. Wow. Well, he arrived back at first service, I think a minute and a half in the lead. <laughs> and, and However, the last three rallies, so in Japan, also a very rough rally that year, I said, now look, this is another one, drive like your granny. Well, he drove like his granny. Right. He, he did not lead from the start. He only just did it. Now, unfortunately, the car broke on the last stage, which was not his fault, categorically not his fault. But the following two rallies, Australia and New Zealand, he won. Mm-hmm. Uh, he learned. He learned, basically, at the, at the end of New Zealand rally, we celebrated that Yari Mate had finally understood what strategy and tactics were. Right. And we had a big laugh about it. We had quite a lot of parties that year. We went away quad riding in the bush in New Zealand, right. had great fun together. And, uh, and he learned it. So there's a driver that has gone down and come back. Mm. Okay, never world champion. But there are others. You'd have to give me a, a few minutes. Yeah. Didi Oriol, you know, a man that, that ruled at, at, um, at Lancia for a long time, slipped down the running there as Lancia slipped away, came back to Toyota, world champion. Mm. You know, there's quite a few. Yuha Kankinen, four times world champion across how many years? I think it was across eight years, nine years he did it. He won his first world championship in 1986 and his last one, I think, in 1994, if I'm not mistaken. Three, I think, 93. 90, 93, yeah, Diddy was 94, you're absolutely right. Thank Sorry, you. have I just outsmarted Joe no, Dawson? No, 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 you're not outsmarted. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's been a long week, but, but that's big, big... Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the, the point is, you know, for that one. to, to uh, see someone do what Seb Auger's done and Seb Loeb done, that's totally unique. Only those yeah, two guys have ever absolutely. done it. We think that, I mean, all, in all likelihood, it would appear that uh, that that, that uh, Carlo Rovenpera is going to be something similar. And it, I don't hey, know. What, I don't hey, know Colin, I don't you don't you start that nonsense? It's yeah. not, George. No, no, I don't know because I don't know how long he's going to stay. Well, indeed, you know. But one, he'll one, stay one as long as very, he enjoys it. But one of the very just a little insight. One of our, you would, I think, Robin Perez's contract is up at the end of this year. Really? Um, and this really well regarded Finnish journalist said to me, he said, he, obviously there'll be a new contract for him, um, but the next contract will probably be his last contract. 
Right, okay. So it'll be a five-year contract. And that'll be his choice. <laughs> yeah. That'll be his choice because, yeah. because he just wants to do so yeah. many other things. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm not saying absolutely. he won't. No, I, he no, he can win and he will win so many yeah. times. Yeah. Uh, let's move on again, boys, to, to, to Ernie Neville uh, because Neville is quite a remarkable character. You know, yeah. I, I refer to Oik Tanak as the warrior and because he is, but, and that will always be rooted in Rally Finland last year. That was just the most tremendous yeah. performance from him. But do you know what? If he's the warrior, I've got to come up with a similar name. Street for fighter. Street, Street fighter. fighter, perhaps, Street George. Fighter, yeah, yeah, maybe. Scrapper. Maybe he's a scrapper. Unbelievable. Tenacity. Unbelievable tenacity. Neville's tenacity and yeah. Neville's ability to wring the neck oh. of that car, to get the most out of it. And we, we saw it on so many Very, stages. very rarely makes a mistake. Rarely makes a mistake. Rarely but, but you know, the car can be quite wild at times, but, but he, he, he manages almost... To control the wildness, it's like was, controlling a, I was having a, a wild giggle. horse. I was having a giggle at him when he's talking. You know, so, he, so he's the fastest car in the rally, apart from Sebastian Ogier, who's got a lead, but sometimes taking fastest thing. Yeah, but the back end of the car is kicking out, and then you then you watch the video about the incredible helicopter footage here. The speeds these cars are going at. Well, of course the car's back end's going to step out, Terry. What did you think was going Hitting to happen? Bumps and I think he flying. just says these things to, to keep the team. I think I read on one of your articles, he, he, do, he says things just to keep the team alert and to, to get us all talking. Of course the car's going to step out. Of course it's going to bounce around. The guy's got, got it by the neck and it just seems to go and it just comes so naturally. So, yeah, you know, he's a street fighter. We've said since, since Monte Carlo, Luke, that you, you need the rub of the green to win the world title. He's, he's been the bridesmaid five times now, six times runner-up in the championship, something like that. We saw that incident in Monte Carlo where he went into that hairpin too hot and the car went backwards through a basically a, a driveway, you know, when it could quite easily have smashed into the wall either side. Sometimes it needs to go your way to be world champion. Um, you know what, I think I think Neville, Neville is looking good this year because he's pushing so hard and in, in previous years where he wouldn't have got away with things, seems to me he'd be getting away with them this time. Well, I mean, you know, he, he went backwards through the gate. I bet he took, I bet he took aim at it. As it went wrong, yeah, with the handbrake. But you do. Yeah. I mean, as a rally driver, you know, when, you, when you're going off, you, you pick where you Never go. Never asked him that. That's a good question pick, to yeah, ask him, Luke, on the where next you go. event. You, you can't be sure you're going to manage it. You thought, oh, there's maybe a chance there. Let me see what I can do. Yeah, maybe. maybe I, I'd forgotten he'd done that, to be yeah. fair. But to go back to your point, Colin, I think... Yeah, I would agree. If you look back to last year as well, I'm sure this rally, and again, someone can correct me if I'm wrong with this, but I'm sure this is his fifth podium in a row. Well, it's definitely he's done three in a row this season. He won Japan at the end of last year and he was second in Spain, wasn't he? Yeah. So I would make that five. Mm, um, yeah. If I can That is five. Uh, but it, the, the form, and he's everywhere we go, and a lot of them, they're quite different events. If you mm. think about Japan, you think about, there's a few tarmacs in there, but Sweden here, he's just utterly dependable and I think last year was a lot better than people realised as well but you had to get through the period where the Hyundai was a difficult yeah. car but yeah there's no, absolutely no reason why to be fair any of them couldn't win the championship this year and this is what's great we've got we mentioned it before but these four guys split by nine points it could go any way on any event and good. yeah I, I remember 2018 that epic three-way fight for the title between Auger, Tanak and Neville. We've got, uh, not Auger this time, but Robin Perra and Evans in there. F I honestly think four of them could be going to the end mm -hmm. of the season yeah. with a chance. I think Absolutely. you're right. Well, let's talk then about that fourth contender, the only one of the four we haven't really talked about. Oik Tanak. Uh, Some revealing watch. comments to you tonight, Colin, about the car. I was interested to hear that. He said, well, there's the car and here's me. Yeah. You, and you kept yeah. pushing him on this. And he said, yeah. you asked him again. And he said, he said, well, the car is the car. He said, 
I said, I think it's very good, but it's not suiting me. He called so it a I'm mismatch, not relaxed. didn't he? I, he, he, he called he it a mismatch. So all of a sudden he's actually said, actually this car is really quite nice, but it doesn't suit me. So yeah. I can make it go fast sometimes, is what he was inferring, but I can't make it go fast all the time, which is what I need to be able to do, yeah. to, to dominate the way I need to and I want to yeah. and I have to do to win rallies. So not getting what he wants out of it, it's a good package, it works well. I mean, honestly speaking, Craig Breen was consistently faster in some ways. I think if you looked at that, Craig Breen was always in the fight for the lead before he had a problem. He was never far away from the lead on so many rallies. In Finland, he was challenging in the top three. Right. And then he made a tiny, tiny wee mistake in a horrible place. Yeah. It was just the tiniest of mistakes. Yeah. So heavily penalised. But that car was on the pace. Mm -hmm. um, um, so so it, just, it just underlines what ought to sing. Actually, the car is the car. It's not doing what I want it to do. And when, it, when I can make it do what I want it to do, it's brilliant. That, that needs to come soon, though, doesn't it? Although, well, although the way the championship is going, you know, it's, it's giving the EVMs for a little bit of breathing space in that regard. It definitely is. You know, because he's, we might have expected him to be quite a long way behind at this point mm. in the season. But yeah. he's absolutely not. No. Um, and, and despite this, this disastrous start to this event where he yeah. lost, what was it, 10, 10, 10, 11 minutes. In the opening stage, Just yeah. The opening, the opening... Yeah, stages. Yeah. So, so what do we think then? You know, we'll go to Croatia. It's tarmac. Uh, you know, for Oit, for Oit to be still there or thereabouts, what does he have to do in Croatia? Look, it's a good question, and I think it probably ultimately depends on a how much extra comfort you can find. We know he's doing a rally in Belgium as a warm up. He's done Monte Carlo, which essentially was a dry rally, so that will probably help him. If Croatia is dry, mm. that's another big if. Um, but he, he needs to keep tabs with the Toyotas and, and mm. Neuville. And but if Croatia is wet, I think that'll suit him fine. Won't well, it? that's the other way to look yeah. at it. Yeah, to, in, those, in those sorts of conditions, Tanak can outdrive himself. He can do. Yeah. He can <laughs> overdrive. Yeah. We'll be on the yeah. sort of the comfort of his car. Mm. But yeah, it's it's an interesting one. From what we understand, he's basically pushing for a completely different design philosophy of a car, and that's not easy for a team to do in such stable regulations within a season but you're right at some point the clock's going to start ticking we're just going to mm. have to hope that that is sooner rather than later or not at all that mm. M Sport can give Tanak something that he can work with because he can get results out of the car it's just Clearly. not yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. just not he's not it's not doing everything he really wants yeah. to do and if he gets to that point that's when the others are going to be incredible they've they got to watch out because yeah. Tanak in a car he's comfortable with for me is still He's the man. He's the Marcus. He's the Marcus Gronholm of the modern day. Yeah, the man yeah, that could yeah. go to a rally, go to New Zealand, and win from the front. Yeah. You know, I know. Yeah. I know. Seb's done something similar yeah. as well. Slightly different kettle of fish, but but you know, that. But Ott is that guy. Ott yeah. is that guy that will actually not not lose when he's first yeah. on the road. He's, he's that man. But he needs the car to be his car. It needs to be part of his body. It needs to be his car. It needs, needs to be, to be his, his car. Body. You're absolutely right. Um, We've talked about our main title mm. challengers in our top four or five here this weekend. Uh, let's talk about Esipeka Lappi. Yeah. Because for me, Esipeka Lappi on Friday had probably his best day in a rally car. He probably said that, his best he? day. And he said yeah. it himself. And he, not really just because of the result or where he was, um, you know, because he's been leading rallies before mm. on a Friday. You know, you've got to look at the context. He was there, one car behind Auger, battling tooth and nail with Auger. But for me, it was his demeanour. He had something about him which said he'd actually maybe accepted that his place at the top table 
was a deserved place. It was a place that he could defend at the mm. top table. He knew he was rightfully yeah. there on fire. I just felt there was something very, very different about him. Interesting. I, I was I was left in in the middle ground. I, I didn't get to watch much of the footage live on on the Friday because I was out and about, but. I kept, I kept hearing the TV commentator saying it was a bit ragged, a bit close to the edge. I didn't necessarily agree with those comments, so I, I will review it at a later date, as I'm sure many of our, our listeners will already have done and, and make their judgment on that. It would be better than my judgment at the moment because I've not looked at it properly. But I was, I, I was desperately hoping that he was in command and that he was going to go into the Saturday. And you know what? You, you fight to the limit and, and, and you don't go past it. And if, if you end up second or you end up third, that's where you end up. That's what Elvin is good at, judging and Elvin is great at doing that. Yeah. And it's, it, it's, a, yeah. it's a remarkable skill, and, and especially when you're seeing progression, because that, that, that process will allow you to, pro that, that, that approach will allow you to progress mm -hmm. because you're living there on the limit and you're starting to learn it and understand it and you know, pushing out where you think you can and then in a few places just bringing it back from the top of the crest of the wave. And, and you know, obviously, El, um, uh, Seb, he sits there on the t in the curl on the wave, you know, just He's perfect it all nicely. the time. He's on yeah. the lip of the top of the wave, yeah. balancing where no one else can. Yeah. And, and, but that's the place they're all learning to get to. And it would appear that, that Esa Pekin, I pained greatly to say that, he made the same mistake in Finland last year when he rolled at very near the end, although he recovered from that very fortunately. And then I think, was it uh, Sardinia? He crashed while leading something mm. very, very similar. So has he not learned that, that little place yet? He's still trying to find that little special place where he can, he can live. Look, he did, he, he did fabulously on Friday. Take it into Saturday if you can. If you can't, make sure you survive. I mean, what he said happened was that he, 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 on a very slight right-hander, which I have viewed, he, he, he got a bit stuck in the rut and the car was a bit slow to move out across the road. He was a bit slow to get it across out of the rut. Um, well, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with him on that, but, you know, that would have all been able to be seen on the recce um, and judged, and it's all part of the mechanism of surviving and understanding where, where, where the ultimate risk is. And he would, he, he has all that in his body, he has all that intuition and experience in his body. Of course, he's got a massive amount of experience, but then he had the pressure of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a fight, I'm in a, the best fight of my life with Sebastian Oji, who's quite clearly brought his A game, you know, as good as ever. His triple A game, uh, and he just allowed himself to be led into that. So, so here's the thing. Here's the thing, George. You you go into Saturday, you're twenty odd seconds ahead of everyone else, but you're battling Sebastian Ogier. Look, sorry, George, think about no, this, boys. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he was two seconds down. We here at the split. Is that correct? Just over two seconds down. I think so. Something like that. Do you go into that day accepting that you're not going to beat Ogier? Because this is a tactical rally. It's the most act. No, you're saying no, George. But do you realistically was Lappe ever going to beat Ogier on this event? Was 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 Ogier playing with him? You know, he's brilliant at that. Ogier, he's brilliant. You know, Ogier drives within himself and pushes the others mm -hmm. to make mistakes. He waits. So, so it would require the most remarkable self-discipline. But but could Lappe have gone out on Saturday morning saying, as you've said, I know where my limit is here. You know, it is folly to try and push and try and beat this guy because he's the master on the There's another factor in there, Colin. Maybe team orders. He was maybe told, told to you go and you push. Yeah, you, we share the risk with you. You know, if the team, I mean, I've, I've said this to drivers where, where, you, where you say to them, 
I want you to push for the win. I'm on the limit. I'm going to go over the limit to do that. There's a risk. I accept the risk. Go for it. Mm. What do you reckon, Luke? It's interesting. I really like that question asking if he was ever going to win. It feels big and it feels... It sort of caught me out, actually, that he said it, but it's a very fair question because as brilliant as Lappy's Friday was, there was a sense that Oji wasn't toying with him. That would be strong. That, think, was, that, that was maybe a little strong, yeah. yeah, yeah but I think yeah. he... OJ was in the, the still, for him, a place he, he knew we could win the rally from. OJ yeah. knows how to win these rallies. Lappy, there's a bit more pressure. We had this quite remarkable scenario where we found out that in the lead-up to the rally, potentially, if him and Neville were around, that Hyundai couldn't rule out sacrificing Lappy for wins and stuff. So was there a little bit of trying to prove a point? I don't really know. It's not really my place to answer that without knowing more information. But, yeah, I, I think Lappy would have had a very difficult task defending OJ, but equally... Second probably would have still been a good result. I think it would have been a great result. Yeah. That's my point. You know, maybe a difficult uh, mental situation to deal with on the Saturday morning, George. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Uh, absolutely. I, I did speak to him before the rally myself and uh, had a wee chat with him. And uh, I, I, said, I, said, I said, I think uh, some of the judgment about team orders seems a little bit harsh. I said, I think you've got something to prove. And he just nodded his head to me, you know, and, and one of his wry smiles. Mm. So I said, oh, yes, so yes is the answer to your speculation, Luke. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I think he was out to prove a point, absolutely. I, I, uh, to, yeah, to, to I agree judge, with you on that one. Yeah, to, yeah. to judge that pace on Saturday yeah. morning, yeah. hey, look, I mean, we can cut, look, he, he was doing the job. I, th I think there's a possibility the team told, were, told him, go and push, because yeah. then there's a good chance that uh, he'll push Seb to, to, because Seb would have you know, Seb wanted to win. Seb, Seb was that made, would be naive as Seb, hell. That would be the most naive <laughs> Seb, thing. Seb has made mistakes before, ah. and he, you know he can get a puncture the same as anyone else. And he, he has got a puncture. That's you true. know he got a puncture in Japan last year, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, we got lots so you of know, punctures. so those things can happen. So they don't happen to Seb Loeb, to Seb Ogier, sorry, when he's cruising. They happen to him when he's being pushed. Good point. So you know your sacrificial animal is 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 Esapeka Lappi. Mm. So you see. Essa, you push him as hard as you can for as long as you can. Let's see if we can get a puncture out of him. He drops back behind uh, Thierry, and all of a sudden they can just... Th thank you, Essa Pecky. You did that brilliant job for us. Now your reward is second place. We're going to give it to... And that's fine. You know, in, in, in team terms, don't like it myself, but there's a, there's, a, there's a thought pattern that maybe the team pushed him into that. So I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, thinking maybe he would have been more comfortable to have just driven his pace, kept it as it was taken a bite when he could uh, and, and see where it leaves him. Just judge the pace and get a feel for that nice place, that crest of the wave where he wants to be and wants to learn to survive all the time rather than this over the front of it, crash out, fall behind. And we've seen him fall behind that curve as well where he all of a sudden starts going really slow. Yeah, He's done that. So he's not learned that fabulous place yeah. yet. On Friday, it looked like he had done and then he didn't manage to hold it on Saturday. I'm, I'm whether it was him or whether it was the team pushed him, 
I would say it was a reasonable suspicion that the team told him yeah, to say, you go for it, boy. Yeah. I yeah. think he did. And, that, right. and, that, and that gives him, you know, he's not, he's not mentioned that to anyone. I've never heard him say that. But if that's happened, then uh, um, I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, yeah. assuming it has happened. Yeah, there you absolutely. Um, I'm very hopeful for Esabekalapi. I, I do believe that he's made a step forward over the last few rallies, yeah. and I think he'll be able to maintain that. A few other drivers that we'll, we'll just, very briefly, if either of you boys want to say anything about it, you, you can, uh, before we go on to WRC2, because we're just slightly running out of time here. Um, the other drivers, a bit of a nightmare <coughs> for Takamoto Katsuta, a real nightmare mm -hmm. for Pierre-Louis Lebet, uh, and uh, a little bit of, a, as maybe we might have expected, a steady rally for Danny Sordo. Yeah. Uh, anything you boys want to say yeah, about well, those drivers? Dan Danny did what he needed to do, uh, uh, Pierre-Louis Loubet he's not listening to his co-driver yet he's got the most fantastic co-driver in the car and he's clearly not taking what the advice what do you base that on George? Uh, a discussion okay. <laughs> okay. 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 it's, not, it's not some valuable insight no no he's got to trust his, his navigator and learn yeah. when to push and when not to do not, yeah. not to push yeah. and, I, and, and I know that's very difficult for a driver to accept it's a new relationship. It's building. The trust is building. Uh, Nicola, you know, he'll be out there fixing the car every time he breaks it at the roadside. He's very, very good at that. He had lots of practice with uh, with TRA in the past. Right. So, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to see it coming good. And you know, the, the kid's got speed. Never, never showed any of it here on a rally where you know, if he'd made a mistake, the mistake he would have been normally doing was to go too fast, and mm. he's not. Yeah. yeah. So um, interesting. Taka, one. just a tough one. Yeah. Okay, it happens. Yeah. Then uh, you know, he's like he's up against three teammates and, and three other drivers that are just fantastic, best in the world. So, Yeah, yeah there we go. Luke, those drivers, anything? No, you, in, in, in the sake of time, I won't say too much. The only thing I think that's interesting is that Lubey and Katsuta were the two Rally 1 drivers that came here without any Mexico experience. Mm -hmm. And they're the two that probably made, aside from Lappi, the sort of maybe biggest mistakes of the weekend. So it just shows how difficult yeah. a rally this is to, to learn, I guess. To master. Yeah, underwise really the experience again. Yeah. Rally's all about experience. It just yeah, it really is. And particularly this yeah. one, you know, where you, yeah. get, you get one chance a year at this kind of high altitude yeah. rallying, don't you? WRC2. So. We, we can't call it WRC2 anymore. What, what is now, it then? WRC1.1. It's so close. <laughs> <laughs> it's so close, Colin. What can I say? It, it it's is. It's phenomenal. But, but it's brilliant. It is brilliant. You know, we, we used to come to rallies like Mexico and Argentina and Australia. And the support category was was generally group N. Group N. Yeah. It was quite it's quite thin, wasn't it, George? It was quite four or five seconds a kilometre slower than the WRC but, cars of the time. But and, and my point is, you know, yeah. they, they generally weren't that well supported by the top drivers in no. that category. Yeah. You know, this time out, we've had three formula, three formula, three former rally one drivers and the reigning WRC two champion, and then a number of other very de decent mm. drivers. Mm. Uh, along as well. It's been the, brilliant. The rich, start list was great. Rich. And it was, it's it, rich. It was great to watch. And, and I'll be absolutely honest with you. The results are surprised to me. Gus Greensmith has driven probably better than he's ever driven in his life. I have never seen that consistency from Greensmith. Greensmith has shown in the past, even from the very early days that I remember when he was in the, the, the little fiesta in the British Rally Championship, he's shown remarkable glimpses of pace. But he's also shown a little bit of an inability to bring the car home. A lot of times, fair enough, down to the car, but you've got to say some, some drivers have sympathy with cars, some don't. Uh, but he's made mistakes. But this was his most consistently quick rally, I think, I've ever seen and, and from him. 
Um, and I think he, you know, he answered a lot of questions and proved yeah. a lot of people wrong here this weekend. Yeah, I, I, I think right, so. Yeah. yeah, and he said to us he didn't reckon he has a point to prove, but I think he, he maybe referenced that to himself. But I think to the, the wider world, as you say, he, he has proved a big point. But I think there's three key things I'm going to go through very quickly if I can. The first is moving environment, which I think is quite interesting because throughout his entire senior rallying career, he's only ever driven M Sport built cars. So the chance to drive something else is, and we've seen what that can do to drive the way. So Craig Breen in Sweden, the best possible example mm -hmm. there. He looked completely lost at M Sport, moved to Hyundai, or moved back to Hyundai, and he's found himself again. Secondly, I think less pressure, as much as WRC2, I would agree with you, George, is mega now. It still isn't as. Mm -hmm in your own head, fighting for WRC2 win isn't the same as fighting for a win on the overall event. I think that helps. Of course not, yeah. Thirdly, I think his seat time. If you consider how much he's getting it, I think he, somebody told me, I can't remember who it was, bless me, but it was, he's getting two days ahead of every single rally, plus testing with Skoda and national events in between. So he's in the car oh, consistently this year. Yeah, and in yeah. the past, particularly and, at a team and like the pre-event test on the, yeah. the Monday. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. Well, yes. well at M Sport as well, of all the Rally 1 teams, the, the, we know that their budget wasn't always stretching yeah. for testing. Through. So the comparison there is, is massive, and I think that's making a big difference as well. But full credit to him, because I agree, he looks completely assured all weekend. Yeah, yeah. you had three points to make. That was three. Was that all it three? It was, was, was three. I did pay attention. Pay Following Luke's lead on that, I, I was really heartened to see Adrian Formal perform brilliantly here. Yeah. Couldn't quite take the challenge to Gus. And then finally fell foul of a, a, it was a, a fan belt, a, an alternator belt oh, got yeah, kicked yeah, off, yeah. which he repaired. Very difficult to repair that in a stage. The, battery goes, the car battery goes flat very quickly when that happens. Oh. He would have had to drive to a hilltop, some, find somewhere with a downhill, he would have probably not have enough power to start the car. He then had to change the fan, but had to find somewhere he could stop safely, change the alternator belt, which is tricky, tricky to do. Um, uh, got that done and then managed to get the car started and then, of course, immediately charged again. Uh, the alternator runs and uh, he, he got the car back to the finish. But, but he, of course, he lost a massive amount of points. I don't know if he scored any at all. I'm not well well the he, lost about, he lost about 17 or 18 but, minutes, but brilliant performance. But that... Proved a couple of things there, that performance from Formula. It proved his ability, as you say, and, and his mechanical ability. We saw that in yeah. Spain a couple of years ago. With James I certainly saw it in Safari the last two yeah, years, and, I can and, yeah, guarantee you that. He, he knows, he knows yeah. his way around the car. Um, but it also proved that there is still something there with that Fiesta Rally 2 car. Yes. Because yes. it's been comprehensively walloped by the Skoda for the yeah. last, what, two years, probably? Yeah. Well, um, the, the, certainly in the, the World Rally the, Championship, the, and, the, and for, for more to come here and, and be battling the, amongst the R fives, as they're known, the WRC Zoo category is populated with R five cars, Rally two it's, cars, uh, Rally two cars. Sorry, these it's called these days, if if you fancy. But but the uh, I think on the homologation <laughs> form it still says R five, uh, but the um, the the bottom it's a fashion thing, it's a fashion thing, and but but Skoda put the effort in, they put the they put huge development into it. It's pure customer program. We've got the TalkSport team running four cars on this rally. Mm. Four cars. So that was that was Gus. Uh, we locked it Oliver. Loaded, didn't Oliver. From, yeah. uh, um, Emil. Emil. And I can't remember who the third one Grisen. was. Grison. Grison, yeah, thank you. Yeah, we never saw him all weekend. No, no, he, he crashed early on. But, uh, you know, f four cars all competing at the top. And it's a one... I spent the afternoon in, in there this afternoon. 
uh, leading up to the finish of the rally with them and such a lovely team to sit in there with and friendly and everyone looking after each other, everyone clapping for the car that goes through. It very much had the old PWRC atmosphere mm. um, that we used to have in the in the communal uh, dining areas, absolutely brilliant. Jesus, if I, if I could just, communal dining areas of the PWRC, they were yeah. happy days. <laughs> they happy were brilliant, days. Yeah. yeah. If I could just add on the Fiesta as well, I think firstly, Fobo as a driver, to me, he mm. looks like he's dealt with the step back into WRC2 very, very well. Yes. So it'd be very easy for him to have looked at last year and been frustrated and been very desperate to prove something this year, but he's just gone about everything very maturely. I think with the car, I would agree, in Mexico, I think, even Malcolm Wilson, if I remember correctly, at the start of the event, wasn't necessarily expecting them to be mm. in the ballpark with the Skoda. I think it's a very conditional-based thing, though. I think if we go to Croatia, I would expect that new Skoda to still be the class of the field, the Citroën mm. to be up there. We saw it in Monty. The car wasn't mm. quite there on pure dry asphalt. But I think on a rally like this, where it's hot and mm. it's, it's sort of different things are required, very different things are required mm. from the car, it was very clearly there, which is great for M Sport mm. because the car and has a strong taken, look. Yeah, it didn't strong. Break. That, George, that's, that's really no disrespect to the boys at M Sport, but. You know, we know just how strong the Skodas are. They are like tanks, you know, and, yeah. and they're almost indestructible. But, you know, they've had issues with reliability in the, the M Sport car in the past. And, it, and it, OK, we had this ultimate problem today, but up to that point, it was remarkably strong. Yeah, yeah. Remarkably strong. Yeah, um, good. Quick words about Oliver Solberg. Uh, remarkable pre, pre season favourite. Remarkable um, is the word. What incredible times he made today. Yeah. Amazing. He yeah, was a bit unlucky, yeah. wasn't he? What, what was his problem with puncture, puncture wasn't he? Yeah. Puncture late on Friday. Yeah. There was a puncture yeah. down some kind of strange sort of engine issue or something. something it went down, down on cylinders yeah. today, didn't it? It's yeah. Three yeah. cylinders on the last yeah. stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, th I think ultimately it's a rally of what might have been. I think yeah. in a way, I don't want to say he's lucky because that sounds like he's he's not earned it in any way, but to get a podium out of a weekend with that many problems, I think when he goes home and thinks about it, he can be quite happy with that. Yeah, I can understand it. that he'll be frustrated because I think well, he probably didn't have the pace to, 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 to at least challenge, probably beat Greensmith. To, to, to have those well, problems. Well, to get past, he, was, he, he took 25 seconds out of Emil Lindholm yeah. in the long stage today. Yeah. And I think he was within 15 with two stages to go. Yeah, he, he almost won Super Specials outright as yeah, well. So you know, yeah. He was <laughs> second in one of the, one of the Super Specials. Yeah, it was, it yeah. was quite, quite... And quite a driver remarkable. last year that was, that, that was looking utterly helpless yeah. And, yeah. and lost. And, you know, why was he even there in yeah. that, that Hyundai? Yeah, you know, no, that, that's he, not he's, right. He's, he's shown he's real resilience. Job, you know, yeah. with, with young drivers, it is really easy to knock the confidence out of them but he's shown absolute resilience yeah young oliver solberg uh, boys there we are we, we've talked our way through uh, wrc and we've talked our way through rally two um final thoughts on mexico from you george oh do you want to do a quick driver's analysis score no no no, 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 no. <laughs> what i want you to do george is give us a no, quick we can have an argument about that next week we'll have that yeah. next week after okay. i've published my my uh, yes. my driver ratings uh, it's an early morning we'll, start. We'll do that. Do no, those. no, I just look. Final thoughts. This event was just fantastic. It, it's such a worthy contender in the championship. It's got to stay in. Uh, they they work so hard. They yeah. make it all happen. The, the the closeness of all the drivers at the top. The reliability of the cars. Apart, you know, one turbo fail on one world rally car. Otherwise, they all ran basically faultlessly. Probably only with driver induced damage. So that's a remarkable thing. Very Absolutely little talk remarkable. of hybrids either. Let's, no, give, no, let's no. give, let's give, let's give credit. dynamics. I don't remember yeah. the media zones asking too much about no, no, it, problems with with hybrids. I, I believe, Good job I, by them. I believe there was some intermittent functions, yeah, but, but they all they were all sorted. They right. never had to carry a problem no, after no, no. service. No, it was great. So that was brilliant. So Tom Fowler's fear of that happening at Toyota 
uh, he, he was well, it wasn't too hot here but yeah Luke yeah. your final thoughts on your first trip to Mexico I feel like I've been asked this question a lot this weekend, but yeah, I'm going to go back to what I said at the start of the weekend, just to be here and experience the vibe. I think there was a piece I wrote on uh, the website of Uruguay on Friday morning, uh, just being in Guanajuato for that street stage. That for me was probably still a highlight of the weekend, aside from all the great stories we have to talk about from the action. But just I'd always had this vision of that stage being incredible, and I knew it'd be incredible. But to be there and amongst all of that, it was it was a real feast for all the senses. I, I loved it, and it's yeah. it's been great to to be out here and experience a very different culture and way of life, as well as being around for a brilliant rally. Yeah, I'm I'm with George absolutely. You know, Rally Mexico sells rallying. Yeah. It really does. Yeah, it, it sells does. it around the world. It's just a wonderful, wonderful the imagery we get from oh, this rally. Just, Colin. just remarkable. And Colin, the the coup of the weekend. I mean, of all the drivers and all the teams and everything, the coup of the weekend was us getting parked right next to the flag, the, the, the start yeah, of the street stage. How is that possible? Stage. Normally you have to park two miles, miles away, away, climb up and down hills, traverse tunnels that you're not meant to go through because there's no pedestrian access. Yeah. And we parked literally right next to the square. 20 metres from the start line. Absolute coup. Actually, I, I can take some credit for that, Colin. Well, I think, I I'll I'll take a bit of credit for driving us there. You, you, you found the feet and I got us there. I had no idea how to get there, but I did find that there was some you found, parking. You found the parking space. Uh, yeah, listen, you know, as I say, Rally Mexico, for me, your diversity is what our sport's all about. It provides something very, very special. We, we mentioned them at the start of the uh, the programme. You know, Gilles Spitalier and Patrick Superville, wonderful job those boys do. I'd love to be back here. I really would, and fingers crossed, we will be back in the not-too-distant future. Uh, thank you all very much for joining us on this post-rally Mexico Spin the Rally pod. We'll see you all again next week. Thanks, Colin. Thank you.